This is Evan Marquette, steady coach for smart, strong, successful women, your personal trainer for love, welcoming you back to the Love You Podcast. And today I have a very special guest. It's our first guy. His name is Jonathan Astley. Uh, he's a good friend of mine, and he is known as America's leading midlife dating and relationship coach. He is a defender and protector of women's hearts. That is a high, high bar to jump. A protector <laughs> of women's hearts around the world. He helps women transform from attracting Mr. Wrong into finding Mr. Right. He is like a guy spy into the male mind who understands the way a single or divorced man over 40 thinks and acts, and he's a master at helping women recognize and distinguish the difference between men who are emotionally unavailable from those who are truly ready for love. In other words, Jonathan is a lot like me. <laughs> um, and that is why I have him here. Uh, in, in this world, there's, there's uh, a lot of people who do what you do. There's not that many people that I would trust to uh, give give advice, uh, especially in the same realm as I do, but I trust Jonathan and that's why uh, we have him on the show. And uh, he does specialize in uh, middle-aged women, uh, which is a part of my demographic, but it's, yeah. not, it's not as exclusive. So I'm excited to learn from him. What, what is it like dating a divorced man? Yeah. Um, what's different about that than when you're in your 20s and 30s dating? Yeah. And uh, again, this is, a, this is a long conversation. We don't have to dive into anything yeah. from the beginning. I want to ask you, right, for the people who don't know you, yeah. what's the what's the two minute how I became Jonathan Astley, oh. uh, protector of women's <laughs> hearts? Well, actually, my story's not much unlike yours. You were, I, you were I, a, a slut who failed, failed at other things. You know, I literally had over, literally like you, three hundred internet dates over a six year period, and I found myself. I was a serial dater. I mean, I was just going one date after another. And with each woman I was talking to, I was listening to their stories, having them share their experiences. But what was happening was they'd ask me John, things like, Jonathan, will you check out my online dating profile and tell me what you think? So I'd give my opinion on how to improve their profile. That was like one of the first things. And then the next thing happened. Jonathan, I've got this date with this guy. So, these are women I made friends with. I was I'm saying, saying, it sounds yeah, like I'm you're being put in the friend zone here. Yeah, no, these are women that were, you know, we became friends after it didn't work out for whatever reason. Okay. I skipped that part. But um, as I developed so many friends, they were asking me for advice on men, on just my opinion, and I was pegging it every single time. This guy's a player. This guy's a serial dater. This guy's a serial monogamous. Sure. So I jokingly say, just like the FBI have profilers for serial killers, mm -hmm. I could profile men. <laughs> and enough. that's how my career got started. Sure. That, yeah. makes, that makes perfect sense. And so when did you turn pro? <laughs> Actually, I burnt the boat, if I, you know, so to speak, in 2009, 2010. Okay. So when I did this full time. So you go on 300 dates, you give all this advice for free. Yeah. When do you decide to turn pro? I decided to <laughs> turn pro around 2009, 2010. Okay, I so burnt the boats doing this full time. I was an insurance broker before this. Got it. I could see that. That's, uh, you got people skills. Yeah. You like people. Yeah. Um, so six, seven years into doing this, that's, yeah. a, that's a pretty long time. Yeah. How has your business evolved from where you started to where you are now? How did you kind of find your voice and your calling? It didn't well, start. This way. No, it started off giving online dating profile reviews is the first thing, and like I said, giving advice to men. Um, it just evolves like most people in the, say, the internet marketing business. I had to put together a website, had to put together a mailing list, I had to put together all these things to drive people to me. But what was happening was I was 
not just getting an education in the business realm, but I was also just following my passion of helping women attract love in their life and helping them understand men differently. And why I'm sharing this with you is because it helped me even learn more about interpersonal relationships and how to have a good relationship with someone. So I even got so much benefit from helping others. Well, I mean, that's, you know, that's sort of the underlying theme of everything that I, that I do here is I talk yeah. about my own personal experience and yeah. as it informs uh, the people who are listening. Yeah. What, how, did, how does coaching women help you reflect on how you are and how you show up in relationships? You know, it's interesting. I was just saying this the other day, or I was thinking this the other day to a client. All the advice I was giving her is advice I need for myself at times. Yeah. You know, oftentimes the teacher in, can be blind to their own areas where they need help and growth. So it's a twofold benefit for me. I get to help people and I also get to help myself. And that to me is such a joy. Well, when you spend your day listening to women, <laughs> um, it A, helps you understand women and be a, be a better boyfriend and partner. It also, for me, it really makes me appreciate what I've got. Yeah. Right for me that that was that was that's sort of the big takeaway. I, yeah. I never leave a day of work thinking, man, I wish I were dating one of my clients. I'm yeah. always like, I'm very lucky to who to have found my wife. She's such a good fit for me. Um, uh, my clients are very much like the women I used I used to date. They're smart, yeah. strong, successful women. That's what I'm I'm drawn to and attracted yeah. to. And we're talking about masculine, feminine energy. I'm drawn yeah. to those really bright masculine energy yeah. women. Um, they just never worked as a as a couple for me. Yeah. And so I know this is similar things that you wrestle with. Well, oh my gosh, I can't even begin to tell you because, you know, you and I've talked before about masculine and feminine energy and we're probably, you're, you know, I'm probably a little bit more of a combination when I say both. I'm both masculine and feminine. You're what, every, an you're lo you're what every woman's looking no, for. No, that's what they would like they to think say, that I they're looking for. I want a 50-50 relationship. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to be yeah, the masculine yeah. one. I want a 50-50 yeah. relationship. No, but... Um, they, that's what they say they want, I know. but that's not the way they approach it. They still want the guy to lead and take charge. And as a coach, actually, I say, look, you're giving the job to the wrong person. Men are terrible at leading relationships. So one of the things I do is I help them educate on how to really design their best relationship for themselves. Because if you're giving the job to us, you're giving it to the wrong person. You think so? I totally think so. Okay. I, I, and by the way, the demographic, don't forget, I'm in that midlife demographic. Okay. So it's a lot different than a man in his 20s and 30s. I think a man in his 40s, 50s, and 60s, some men are very set in their ways and uh, the way they approach their life. But certainly a lot of them have such poor relationship skills, especially men just coming off after divorce. It's, it's funny. I was talking to a client the other day, and she said how, I just figured men as they get older would be better at dating. I'm like... No, they have barely any experience That's at dating. Right. That's why I said so. You'll find a 55-year-old guy who's got the dating experience of a 21-year-old. Exactly. So that's why you want to be in charge of your own relationship destiny. I know you say something very similar. So, um, you know, I again, I think with men, it's a whole different ballgame as you get older. And that demographic that I speak to, I call it midlife, mm. which is after baby-making years and before retirement. So there is a whole different way you have to approach dating at this stage of the game than in your 20s or 30s. Okay, so I want to go deeper on that. What's, okay. what's different about divorced, separated men versus guys who've never been married? Okay. So again, half of my clients are divorced, half of them are single, never yeah. married. Right? So I mean, there's, it's a very, very clear, it's a divide, but I have yeah. to speak to both of them. Yeah. You're, you're generally working with people who, who've been married before. So yes. what's the difference between divorced, separated, and never married? Um, 
Well, one thing that's interesting in the demographics that I just did a survey on Match.com. I you know, checked out Los Angeles, the Midwest, and the South. Literally 65 to 70% of people online are divorced. So I'm just giving you, a, you know, that's the demographics out there is people are divorced. And what happens with divorce, depending on how long they were... 65, 70% of people in what age range? Oh, again, over... Oh, did I not say that? Over 45. And, and I would guess that that number is... Uh, Accurate and probably even higher. Yeah. Right. That's that's your that's your infinite. No, it was survey. actually in Los Angeles. It was seventy-two percent in other no, parts is, of the is, country. Is this your research or is this something? No, that... this is my research. I went online, and, checked and that's, out. That's what I'm saying. So it's your research. Yeah. I think I remember reading somewhere that seventy-five percent of people have been married by age thirty-five. Okay. Right. Um, and so divorce, you know, it, it tends to happen after after that. Yeah. Some people stick around until the kids yeah. are out of the house. Yeah. Right, so I would guess that the number is probably even in that age bracket, even higher, yeah. because ninety plus percent of people get married. Yeah. Right. So uh, again, the people who don't get divorced, I'm, I'm, I'm botching this, but basically, <laughs> I, I'm not surprised that you found the number to be seventy. I would guess it's even higher. Well, and I didn't do it in the sixty, seventy, and eighty bracket, so it's going to continually get higher yeah. as you go along. But what's so different about those who have been never married versus the ones divorced is divorce can be a very emotional, traumatic uh, experience. You know, going through ending an old life and then how do I go back and start a new life out there? And with men in particular. It can be very traumatic because there's lots of factors to consider, whether there's children involved, whether it's, and both, by the way, I should say for both men and women, it's mm. traumatic, whether there's children involved, whether there's splitting of assets. I mean, actually, one of the saddest things is it's destructing our wealth in the United States, divorce, because you're separating wealth and separating assets. And, and both people end up worse off. Oh my gosh. So I've looked at it. There's basically, you know, uncontested divorces. Those are the ones that happen fairly easily. There's the ones that are mediated where they have some differences, but they hire someone to help them out. Or there's the contested and then there's the highly contested divorce. So when you're single out there looking and you're dating someone who's going through a highly contested divorce. Well, going through or going on the through, other side of it. Yeah, exactly. That could truly affect how they approach relationships in the future. I'll share with you one story though. Shortly after I got um, started online dating after my divorce, I get an email from a woman who says, uh, how long have you been divorced? And I said, well, I'm actually just going through it. We're separated. And she writes me and says, contact me in 18 months, 18 to 24 months after you had one or two transition relationships. And I'm like, no, no, I'm ready for a relationship. I'm so and, ready and for a relationship. she's completely right. No, no. So funny, I, re I saw her online two years later, uh -huh. and I wrote her back, and I said, you were so right. I had two transition relationships during that period of time, uh -huh. 24 months, and I so wasn't ready to be in a relationship. I just wasn't emotionally ready because I was a divorce. There's a, there's a void to fill, and you want someone. Yeah. And, but... You don't even know who you are as a single guy, and you yeah. don't exactly know what you're looking for. All you know is that it's not your ex. Yeah. Right. So I call it the overcorrection. Is right. If you dated someone who, you know, I, I coach, I coach women, and you dated a guy who didn't have money, you look for a guy with money. Or you yeah. dated, a, you were in a relationship with no passion, and you really look for passion. Yeah. People tend to overcorrect Over. after their. That's a great relationship. Point.
So with divorced men, it, you know, it's finding them in that right emotional state. When I say finding them in that right state is, are they still harboring issues of the past? Are they still dealing with emotional effects or logistics or physical things with their past relationship? Because that's going to affect how any future relationship is going to be. So Do you, you have to ask really good questions as a woman, I think. So, well, that begs the question, how do you, how do you ask those questions because... Uh, and again, I don't know if we've never talked about this. I don't know if we're aligned on it. I, I tell women to assiduously avoid asking those kind of questions um, because you don't want to go on a date like you are an uh, investigator yeah. trying to figure out, are you my future husband? What's your deal? Let me figure you out. I, we got 90 minutes here. Are you ready for a relationship? What's your relationship like, like with your ex-wife? Do you have money saved? If you go in with your questions that you think are kind of snaky, they're not sneaky. Every guy could pick up when he's being interrogated. So how do you, these are important things that I think reveal themselves over time, but I would never tell someone to ask these questions because the questions are way too obvious and on the nose for normal dating convention. See, this is where you and I totally differ. Okay. I think it actually makes sense asking good questions, but the trick is to listen because people aren't listening to the answers to the question. You can get volumes of information from someone just on the first phone call. Um, have them talk, if you ask a question about their past relationship, you're listening to how do they respond. Do they respond where they take personal responsibility for what happened at the end of the relationship, or is it all about their ex? Do they sound bitter? Do they sound jaded? All these things, I'm a huge proponent to actually treating it I'm not saying you treat it like a job interview, but you're gonna invest time with someone and possibly if you end up sleeping together, you're gonna to invest your body. You wanna make sure you're doing it with the right person. I don't think we disagree on the morality and idea behind it uh, as much as necessarily the process. Okay. Um, there's a guy, and I wrote a blog post about this, yeah. a great guy, he's a psychologist at Harvard named Richard Woolman, who says, stop asking questions, right? Every question has an agenda behind it, right? And that agenda, um, is, is, is not, is, you, no one's oblivious to the agenda. Mm -hmm. Where do you see yourself in five years? Well, or, those kind of questions are ridiculous but, but, in my point. But, but I'm saying, that's why I'm asking the mechanism, right? Yeah. I know we're getting into the weeds here, but yeah. the mechanism so, to ask those questions, because there's an open-ended question, which is curious as, yeah. in, as opposed to interrogative. Um, so what happened with your last relationship? Well, I'll right? give you a different... As, as opposed to, you know, so do you see yourself having kids anytime in the next few years? Like, there's one, yeah. like one is a little bit more direct. I'm trying to figure out if you're my husband right here on the date, yeah. as opposed to we're organically getting to know each other. Well, let me give you a different way of looking at it. Let's see if we share the same values. Okay, okay. so how does, it, how, how, does that, how does one ask that with, in a way that doesn't seem like a, a gotcha okay. type thing? Well, I, th I think you have to kind of know what are your values and what your deal breakers. So first, it, 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 it invites, you have to look at your life in such a way that you have to know who you are and what you want. Unfortunately, and you, both work, you and I both work in a demographic where women like to think they know what they want. They think of it at a 40,000 foot level, but they're not actually really asking themselves the question sure. of what do they want. So, but I think when it comes to values, for example, you might want to talk about something that has to do with, let's say, here, listen, we live, we live in Southern California. Lots of people do medical marijuana. That might be something you want to know if someone does that or has an issue to it. I think if someone has an issue to it, you might not want to date them or they might not want to date you. Or someone who does drugs, those types of questions, uh, I think are valid things to ask. Um, I, I, and I'm using that as an example. How do you ask it? How do you ask it? 
Just be, you know what, here's the thing, people like, no, no, this, you know what, here's the thing. I Pete, feel like you know this is like a thing? Donald Trump thing. Like, I have this great idea, but I'm, you know not, what? I'm not hearing just, how it's done. You just ask it. Okay. Because here's the thing, we're so worried about trying to be, you know, this mask. We're so worried of not speaking our truth. Just speak your truth. Speak what it is and see how they respond. May, may I am... I'm intrigued, and I want to come back after the break okay. to continue this conversation because I, I think it's really interesting. My name is Evan Mark Katz. This is the Love You Podcast. This is my guest, Jonathan, Jonathan Asley, and we're going to talk more about how, how you can and can't ask certain questions to find out information about your guy, your middle-aged guy, on a date. And this is Evan Marquette, dating coach for smart, strong, successful women. Uh, we're back with the Love You podcast. My guest is Jonathan Astley, and we are continuing our conversation on how to have uh, delicate conversations about values and important things with someone on a, on a first date. Um, I, in my Love You coaching program, maintain all these things end up coming out organically over the mm -hmm. course of the first month of dating. Mm -hmm. You don't have to actually ask the question point blank. If it's contextual, it's going to come up and you'll get your answers just by observing someone. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but you know, asking someone directly uh, is often a failed strategy, even though no one wants to get hurt, no one wants to waste their time. Um, uh, I, I, I acknowledge that and, and I can understand why it feels good. Uh, I would even cite uh, Alison Armstrong, who's another peer in our industry who says, Hey, if you want to get married, say to the guy on the first date. So, are you serious about marriage? I would never recommend you do that. Right? Uh, you, a man who wants to get married will talk about getting married one day. You don't have to ask him point blank. On the other hand, it's different strokes for different folks. And my guest, Jonathan Asley, who is a coach for smart, strong, successful, middle-aged women, um, has a way that you can communicate and get this information um, from early in the dating process. And I want to hear how you do it. Okay. So one of the questions I have all my clients ask is find out a little bit about his family history. So you can simply say, where did you grow up? Oh, you grew up in Pasadena. Really? Are your parents still together? Oh, no, we went through a divorce when I was younger. Oh, how was your childhood growing up? By asking simple questions like that, which sounds very innocuous, you know, just learning about where they grew up, they can oftentimes speak volumes. I had a tough childhood. I had a very traumatic childhood. I didn't have a good relationship with my mother. I didn't have a good relationship with my so father. So should you bail? Well, here's the thing. It gives you clues as to how they might react later on in a relationship because their childhood is going to be a reflection of how they're going to operate as an adult. So I'm just suggesting- It could be. It could be. Well, most of the times it absolutely is. Because in my demographic, again, for that over 45 crowd, childhood wounds start to surface big time, and especially after divorce. So it's uniquely different for my age demographic on how their childhood was and their upbringing. What's their relationship with their parents? So my point was you just want to listen. Was it a good childhood or was it very traumatic? Because that will affect how that relationship will possibly turn out or like we talked about a past relationship, how that past relationship might affect how a future relationship will be. But I ask very direct questions even myself personally. I'm very, for example, I have a relationship with someone who's very dear to me, which is my ex-girlfriend. She's my dearest friend. I bring that up on a very first phone call just to see how they react. If they're gonna have a problem with me being a friend with someone, then that might not be a relationship that will work. Or another, and let me give you another example. Now, this one goes against most women. So I know in your, most women wouldn't appreciate if a man said this, but I believe the dating process is a mutual exchange. We take turns treating each other. 
And I say that very upfront. I believe we, I'd like to be with a woman who likes to take turns making plans and treating each other when we go out. I had one woman said, you expect women to pay for dates? I said, no, we just take turns. I feel appreciated when you make effort, and I will certainly make effort. And she went on and on to say, that is unacceptable for me. I avoided a date with someone who most likely is not going to be a potential partner for me in this particular case. So I asked some of my important values right up front to see if it even makes sense going out on a date. Now, I know that there's people listening to you saying, this guy is speaking to me. I, I wish Evan said stuff like this. <laughs> like, I, 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 I know. Really? <laughs> yeah, I, I know because yours, yours is more direct and appealing and immediate. Mm -hmm. um, I, I would guess that mine is more effective. Um, here's an example, okay. a counter example. Right. So you're saying I'm avoiding right, spending any time, energy, money on the wrong person. And that's, yeah. that's a very common thing. I want to avoid it. But in my point of view, mm -hmm. dating is not Here's my resume, check off the things that you like, check off the things that you don't. And that's really what this is. We're putting all our shit out on the table, mm -hmm. right? And we're establishing right here if there's a point of moving forward. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's very effective. I, I remember someone told me on the first date she was a recovering drug addict. Mm -hmm. She's entitled to be an encouraging drug addict, but it scared the hell out of me and I bailed. Mm -hmm. She's a delightful person. Mm -hmm. If she told me after our dating for six weeks, I would have maybe seen it differently. Yeah. Right? But. You when, might when, have, but you don't know. But when people dump their shit on you on date one to avoid, this is who I am, it, it's, it's actually ineffective and you don't get to know someone. So if I played the, hey, my name is Evan. Mm -hmm. I know I'm an atheist, but I want to have Jewish kids. That might not make much sense to you, but that's something I feel really strongly about. Mm -hmm. If I play that card with my wife, she wouldn't be my wife. Yeah, but you see, I didn't impose, and what I just said is I'm not imposing any of my beliefs on anyone else. I'm just sharing how I operate. What's, There's what, a big difference. What, you, well, no, I'm this saying, is how I operate. What's the difference? No, you, I'm not telling, no, because I, I it sounds operate. like you're telling them how you're tell well, it seems well, you're to me telling, what you're telling them. These are my, these are my, my values. values. Yeah. So what's the difference? Yeah. Well, you're looking, but here's the thing, Evan. This is I would I have scared off my own wife, Jonathan. Oh. Yep. If you said that. Absolutely. Okay, so... I'm a Jewish atheist who's going to raise his kids Jewish. Okay. That's a first date deal breaker. It, yeah, but, it, but guess what? That wasn't your deal breaker because if that was really your deal breaker, you never would have went out with her. That's not true. It you know, been, you're, you, but you did. No, it would have been her deal breaker. Hmm. She would have run from me. Hmm. Because no, but I'm trying values. to just hurt. No, but what I'm saying is, but the difference is that wasn't a deal breaker for you. Okay, what were, your, what, no, were your, what were your deal breakers? If she breaker? said no, it would have been a deal breaker. The same way that the woman who doesn't want to split checks with you, yeah. here's what, the way I roll. Yeah. And she's like, that's not working for me. If I would have put that out there, yeah. right? Instead of all letting, right. so, letting but, the relationship right. to, this is really, really important. No, but, I, really yeah, but important. I also want to say this. And, okay, go ahead. No, it's okay. I, I, I get the intention behind yeah. this. I think if you if you play the here's who I am, yeah. right? This is what I'm looking for, right? It's it's tone deaf to normal conversation. Right, but you, well, this is not a job interview. This is a time for two people to have fun and connect and get to know each other organically. This is not where I say I expect to quit my job when I have kids and have a guy take care of me. Okay. Um, you can say it. You could think it, but I feel like relationships that have mm -hmm. depth that have grown over time have the ability to withstand new information. Yeah. Someone who is just got her, her depression under control is not obliged to tell you that on the first date. Yeah. 
And, well, wait, I want to jump in. I want to jump in here, okay? Because here's, I talk to a demographic of women who go after date after date after date after date with men that they end up having issues with all the time. And what I'm suggesting is you might want to eliminate the wrong, because my coaching is all about eliminate the wrong person and finding alignment with the right person. Because when you avoid going out with the wrong person and you share what your values are and someone matches your values here and they match your values here and match your values here, which you talk about all the time in your coaching is finding someone aligned with who you are. So I'm saying, Go ahead and take the risk. Put yourself out there because the right person, you always say this, this is one of your lines, the right guy, you can never say the wrong thing to the right guy. And so, so yeah. there's a middle ground between what we're saying. Okay. Right? And I, and I, I, don't, I want to acknowledge what you're saying, that it has value. Um, the issue is the, the how. And so I'm telling you yeah. that if I did what you did, I wouldn't be married to my own wife. So the idea that I'm, I'm pushing the wrong people away right away so I'm not wasting time, you could be pushing the right people away too. Right? This is what, what happens when people give all their shit up front. And, and again, I, I, I would, I, I'm not your dating coach. Yeah. I would not recommend you talking about your ex-girlfriend who's your best friend on the first date. I would not recommend that you talk about how I insist on uh, splitting, uh, That's taking, what I said. <laughs> alternating checks. Yeah. Right. I think these are things that people could discover about you, and the more they like you, the more they, they might. Th this might not be what I was looking for up front, mm -hmm. but these, these are things I'm willing to accept from this wonderful man, mm -hmm. because I discovered he's a wonderful man. You're saying, here's here's my shit. I know what, these are my quirks, right? I'm best friends with my ex, well, and, and 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 so you tell him up front, it's too soon. All right, let me it's let me backtrack because one piece I missed on this the conversation is first off when you're starting a conversation with someone you first want to build rapport. This isn't something you say at the very first you, first words you, out of your you mouth. You pretty no, much no, said no, on no, the I first say, date no, or the first, the first phone, phone call. call. I no, I do seed these in throughout a phone call. First off, I do try to find out commonalities. Where do we have our me tos? In other words, where do we have things in common first? Okay, so we build a bit of rapport. In my case, I build rapport very easily with someone. So I know that in my case, that's much easier because that's just the skills that I have. But if you build rapport with someone over the phone, you could seed in a few things during the phone call just to see if you share the same values. And again, it's about doing it organically, very effortlessly, seeding it in. But here's the thing, But, Evan. but here's the word seeding it in. It's still too conscious. It's like watching a movie and trying to figure out the plot while you're watching it instead of being okay. immersed in we it. Can, yeah, but here's where, okay, we can be coaches and say, don't, don't, don't like date, a, yeah, but here's the thing, how many times you and I both say, you've been dating the wrong guy, you've been dating the wrong guy, you've been dating you the wrong guy. You figure that out over the course of a month of dating okay. the wrong guy. But you know what, a lot of women get hurt spending time with the wrong guy, they become emotionally invested, and as you know as well as I do, that they start to not believe in love if they've gone out with the wrong guy too many times. I get that, but, but the problem is you think you could establish the right guy from a series of interview no, questions just saying, on the first date, and what I'm, what I'm trying to say um, is that you can't. That this is not, you're, you're trying to read the last page of the book before you read the book. No, I'm just, no, see, this is where I disagree with you. I'm just trying to determine or help my clients determine who shares your values. That will come out over time. time. That is not Often something time. that you need to, to do right no, there and I, on, again, on the first again, phone call I, or the first I feel date. comfortable doing that, and it works for me, and actually it's been working very well for me personally. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. You think it's working for you, but it's tone deaf to the w woman who's being told right there okay. on, on the date, 
guess what? I'm going to hang out with well, my, you know my, ex, my, my ex-girlfriend. Right. You better be able to deal with it. I'm just being an upfront person. Everybody talks about themselves as an upfront person, mm-hmm. right? And I know I'm one of them, right? Often other people think of it as tone deaf or, or tactless, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes you ease people into things and you dole, dole out little pieces of information as time goes by organically instead of the... Are we compatible? I'm going to find out if we have common interests. I'm going to find out what your values are. It's, it's right. too much of an interrogation. Okay, but, yeah, but look at, wait, time out. I'm not disagree. I know you make it sound like that, and I'm maybe even suggesting that it does sound like that. What I'm trying to also say I bet say most is, people agree with you. Okay. I, I'm, I'm disagreeing with you, but okay. I think most people agree. <laughs> I don't want to get hurt. I want to waste time. Because you know what? We are in a world where, we, no, I'm going, to be, I'm going to be up front here. We are in a world where attraction is the driving force of a relationship. And you and I, yeah, in the beginning stages of a relationship, and there's this illusion of chemistry. I know you call it something else, the illusion of chemistry, that chemistry is going to equal compatibility. And chemistry does not equal compatibility. Well established. Compatibility equals compatibility. So all I'm suggesting here is be, be conscious to shared values, can you blend lives, and ultimately, are you dating a grown-up? And that's what you figure out over the course of dating, not on the first but date. But here's the thing. Nowadays, I agree, I agree no, no, with okay. everything you said. Okay. I just don't agree but with here's the thing. I, I think you could determine a lot within three dates. I didn't say you have to do this all at once, okay. but certainly within three to ten dates, you could pretty much determine if someone's right for and you. I, and, I th- and I'm just suggesting You could determine if someone's good, wrong for you. Oh, oh, pardon me. You're correct. Someone's wrong for you fairly quickly. You're right. And, and so that makes a big difference. If you yeah. say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick the tires on this person for six yeah. weeks before I hop into bed and call my boyfriend, you can do everything. You can gather well, all, me... all the information you wanted without actually having to ask any of these pointed questions. You, the per- people reveal themselves. When you have long conversations, people reveal think, themselves. I, you don't I... have to... I need to see this. I need to make sure I ask him this. I need to ask no, him this question. I, I, it, 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 it's, I think it's inorganic. And God, God knows right. if, some, if a woman did that to me, I would be really, really sensitive to the fact that she's not, she's interviewing me, oh, for, you inter- know what? interviewing I, me for the part of husband. If you were, I'm going to say this, Evan. If you were back out in the dating world now, after I promise you, you'd be operating this way. Because you don't have time to waste as you get older. You don't you actually... Do. You don't have time to waste. No one wants to waste time, but there's no shortcut to dating. No, I understand that. Well, that's why this is what I bring to the table is I talk about really helping women determine what their values are, helping them determine how to blend lives with someone. And ultimately, are you dating a grown-up? Because that's really the most important question to be asking people but it's not, are grown-up questions. It's not now, asking. Again, it's, 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 we're saying the same thing. We're saying right, it differently. So, you don't have to ask. You just have to watch. You just have to see how he shows up. Well, you're going to, in, in any date, you're communicating with one another. You're going to ask questions about the other person. But from a okay. place of curiosity rather than interrogation. The motivation oh, oh, matters. Oh, oh, oh. Well, if I implied interrogation, then I apologize. I mean it purely from a, co- a curiosity sense. No, you, really? No, but I, no, I truly, you're curious because you, remember I said before, you're listening to their responses. And you, and you want to come from a place of both curiosity and shared values. It's a shit test. I'm best friends with my ex-girlfriend. What do you think of that? Do you know what? It's I a shit put, test. It tells me who's going to have an issue with it. That is called a shit test. And it's I, terrible when people, do, when people do it to you. If she pulled the you same know what? thing. But the right, okay, I'm going to go back to right. this. The right person isn't going to have an issue with no, it. No, the right person might, might be cool with it when they get to know you and mm-hmm. see the relationship. Not when you drop it in their face after You'd be surprised. Minutes. You and I talk about 
trust issues all the time. I know you talk about that. I'm a trusting that. person. Yes, I'm a trusting person. Someone who's a trusting person probably isn't going to have a problem with that. Someone who has major trust issues, has, and if they get defensive on that, that speaks volumes to how they're going to react later on down in the relationship. So again, it's trusting. It's still, you're, well, I, you're I, trying I, I to figure out the I, future. I know that's your term for you're calling it. You're trying to figure out the future. No, you're, you're trying to figure out the future. And this is like, no, literally, see, you're sitting I, next to someone on an airplane. You're not trying to figure out the future. You're just talking to the person next to you sure. on the airplane. But if you're going to talk to that person, then do it a bit of consciousness. Well, first off, that's just a I friendly would, conversation. Yeah, I would, I would actually, I would actually, actually not do it with consciousness. Go, no. I would actually just be present. I, I, would, not, I would not think at all on, on the first date. Because if you're thinking on your first date, well, you're not enjoying it. Well, I'm not you're using, that's a you're port. here. I think you need to be a little bit in your head and in your heart. Because you know what? When we date purely from an let's just have a good time standpoint, that's somewhat selfish. Because if you're ultimately, because again, I'm talking to people that want to be in partnership, that want to be in a long-term relationship. It's relationship building. You do it. I'm not suggesting you don't do it over time, but ask really important questions in the beginning. The car salesman can't be like, Hey, you're buying a car today. Mm -hmm. No matter what happens, you're buying a car today. You need relationship building first. This, 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 this we, we, we could agree to disagree. We're going to agree to disagree. On That's this fine. One. But I'm saying, like, it's, I just think it's important that 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 everybody understand. Ultimately, you got to do what's what, what's comfortable for you. You've chosen a path that's comfortable for you. Yeah. It runs counter to what I teach in Love You, and it runs counter to the way most people operate because. Emotionally, most people are like, I don't want to get hurt. I don't want to waste my time. I want to ask the right questions. I want to figure out what's this guy's deal. Is he relationship oriented? Does he have baggage from his past? Does he have money saved? What's his relationship with his exes? That's, that's exactly what people are doing naturally. They're trying to figure all that stuff out. Mm -hmm. And I actually tell them to step away from that and just be present and have fun. And if there's fun, attraction, and comfort, come back for a second round. And if the second date is good, come back for a third round. Mm -hmm. And in talking, you pay attention to his answers. You don't have to ask the questions and it'll feel much more comfortable and organic and you're gonna be a, less, a little less here and you'll be more present. So we, have, we value the same things. Yeah. We're on the same page with that. Yeah. I just disagree with the direct approach, which is strange for a direct guy like me. Yeah. Um, I, I think a more organic approach, putting aside your agenda, what you're trying to figure out here in the first 90 minutes you're, you're together, um, is going to lead to more second dates and more possibility and, mm -hmm. and the same way that you said, hey, it worked, I scared away the wrong woman, mm -hmm. I would have scared away my own wife. And your story is real and my story is yeah. real, right? And so, so there's, there's Yeah, we approach this totally differently. Mm -hmm. We both have a different way, but you're right. We have that same goal in mind. Is finding the person, well, either the right person for us or the right for, let me say it differently. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, Finding the right person, I was speaking for myself, the right person for me, but also for my clients to find the right person for them. Sure. I'm with you, man. <laughs> this is Evan Mark Katz. This is Jonathan Astley. We'll be right back with more from the Love You Podcast. Hey, this is Evan Mark Katz, dating coach for Smart, Strong, Successful Women, your personal trainer for love. We're back with the Love You podcast. My special guest today is Jonathan Astley. Uh, he is an expert in midlife dating. Uh, specifically, we're talking about divorced men. And so, because divorce wreaks such havoc on someone emotionally, personally, financially, um, what are things that women should consider when dating a divorced man? Again, especially when yeah. it comes to the many ways that divorce could affect a guy's... Um, 
wallet, I yeah. mean, for lack of a better term. Well, you know, we talked about this earlier about uh, are they really ready for a relationship? And someone who's growing through the midst of a divorce or maybe even shortly after their divorce is final, um, most men typically aren't necessarily prepared or ready for a new relationship. So it's just something to be conscious of. Should, should you run from those guys? I'm not suggesting you run from a bit, at least be a little bit more cautious because depending on how much weight his divorce had on his life will determine how long you should wait. <laughs> Got it, yeah, his marriage could have been dead for 10 years yeah. and it was a formality or it could still be the emotional storm around it. Yeah. Um, so how, how do, is that another question that you ask or did... <laughs> sure, you want to find out about his marriage. I, I, I'm, 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 not, no. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not continuing and, and that line of question. No, I'm no, just trying to figure out... we can go there. What, what are, you know... Sure. You're, you're, you're in your 40s, you're in your early yeah. 50s, you're dating a guy who's divorced. Yeah. Uh, it's relevant to find out when he got divorced, By the right? way, most guys will reveal most of this information anyway. Well, I know, because they will, they will vomit they'll information. They'll about how much they yeah. hate their ex-wife, yeah. and they'll alienate the people that they're yeah. dating, because yeah. we've all know yeah. that's what happens. Here, yeah. you're a good listener, you're a woman, you're attractive, here's my pain. Yeah. So guys will offer up a lot of information, but I know even when I went through my divorce, there was there was family court and alimony and child support and visitation, all these things that weighed heavily on me emotionally, which made me very ill-prepared to be in a relationship. Mm -hmm. so but you, you, didn't, get, you didn't know it or didn't want to admit it? Oh, I, did, I wasn't aware of it. Got it. Because I'm like many men, and this is what you have to be looking for. I was a man looking for companionship, looking for regular sex, and, but I wasn't really prepared to be in a fully committed relationship. And that's what I see from most of my clients that are dating men who have gone, are in the early stages of the divorce, okay? So whether it's in the midst of the divorce or shortly thereafter when the final, the ink is final. So, you're, so let's give arbitrary guidelines, if not okay. rules, okay. because you can't live your life by rules, because rules. There's, yeah. oh, there's always yeah. gonna be an exception. Mm -hmm. But would you say, you know, certainly separated or going through a divorce is a, is a yellow flag at the very least. Absolutely. Um, and that if you, have, if you have a choice, like you yeah. said, don't date anybody until a couple years after and a couple relationships after, yes. largely stay away? It's a yellow flag. Okay. You don't have to necessarily stay away, but you certainly want to be curious, like we talked about before, and you want to listen to see if he's really in a state of being in a relationship. And as we said before, men will show their colors mm -hmm. you know, by their actions. If, their act, if that man's actions match his words, in other words, he says he calls when he says he's, he, you know, he's, when he says he's going to, he pl makes plans, all the things you talk about, then you don't, I wouldn't run away first, but certainly be conscious of it. My, my concern for our respective clients okay. is the guy who does everything right. Mm -hmm. It's the dog who catches the car after chasing the car. Okay. Right? So my sister once dated a separated guy. She's yeah. now married, two kids. But she once dated a separated guy. Mm -hmm. And he was really excited about her. He was really mm -hmm. into her. He, he didn't have a happy marriage. And he dove in and he was in love mm -hmm. and he did all the right things. And then one day he looked up, it was one year later, he's like, I'm not ready Very to get good. married again. Which makes perfect sense, yeah. right? Like, I'm not even divorced. Mm -hmm. I'm not ready to get married again. But he did everything right the mm -hmm. entire time. What do you say to that? What do you say, from what perspective? Well, well, again, do you say never date someone in that? Because you said you want to see how he shows up. This guy showed up great. This guy was an amazing boyfriend. Well, I don't think until he, he realized I'm not ready for the commitment that you're ready for. Yeah. This is this is a great relationship. I love you, but I I can't do this. Mm -hmm. But 
there was no indication of that the entire time they were together. They were together for like eight well, years. Well, a lot of times men are fooling themselves in the beginning of a relationship too, especially It's not nefarious, coming. right? It's no, no, no. Let me just be that's clear. Important. No, I mean, I've, even myself when I was out there, I genuinely thought I wanted love. I genuinely thought I wanted a relationship. But the minute the, emo the emotional aspects of the relationship got, became too much for how much I could handle, I would pull back. That was a very natural state. But here's the thing. Mo I don't want to speak to your audience on this. Most men are good guys. A lot of them are bad daters. Most men are good guys, and most men want to feel safe and loved just like you. You know, so they do the best they can. And they could do everything right, and you can't predict those. You certainly can avoid the, the wrong ones fairly quickly. Pretty easily. Yeah, and that's why I said ask good questions, okay? Uh, or just observe, observe. 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 Again, I say it's not what yeah. happens on a date. It's what happens yeah. after the date. What's yeah. his follow-through? Exactly. I'd right? be, be yeah. charming for a few hours on a yeah. date, but does he call you the so, next day? Since we're talking about divorce, though, I want to talk about something very serious, sure. and that is the economics of a relationship. <coughs> because divorce does usually come with some sort of deficit in someone's economics. Did you bring statistics for us today? <laughs> I didn't bring. Well, I brought a statistic just as that, you know, it's interesting. 92% of Americans make less than $100,000 a year. Sounds okay? about right. Okay, so I know your demographics is the, the higher bracket of um, that, but. Uh, no, but even so, I mean, my, my list, I think that number is 33% is make, make $100,000 on my list or something like that. Or, or more. Um, yeah, but I'm saying okay. it, it's still the, okay. So the, 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 the vast majority of my list doesn't do yeah. so. So why I'm bringing that up is divorce usually comes with it some financial expense. You've sure. split your assets. In many cases, you're having to pay two homes at once. So if it's in those early stages, so it's to be conscious and aware that the economics of a relationship are are very important. And so a divorced person has to, in some cases, if they're paying, like I said before, two homes or whatnot, or paying another thing. For just an older demographic is you're paying college education. Sure. I actually spend more now with my children than I did in the early stages of my divorce because college is so expensive. Sure. So this midlife demographic, it's really important to look at the economics of a relationship and how you view money. So how do you how do you get that information? It's not some, that's not something that you could ask too early in a No, in no, a you're not gonna ask that. But like when you're merging lives, right? We're, we're talking yeah. about going on first dates and now we're talking about, okay, we're really getting serious. We yeah. have to be completely transparent about, exactly. about this kind of stuff. Do you have any specific suggestions for women? Like you're saying, we'll be conscious of it. Is, yeah. there, any, is there anything further about what they should do? Well, I suspect if you're, okay, it depends on you. First, you have to look at your own economics of your life. I think that's one of the things that we miss oftentimes when we're looking for a partner is we're not looking at how our life shows up. We, I, you know, we shared before asking good questions. Those good questions need to be asked of yourself first. Write that down. Okay. So, um, but I think it's important to look at your own economics and how, you, how, many, how much resources you have in your life. And you can, you can usually tell how a guy is doing for himself you know, by the type of a job he has, how he spends money, usually. usually. Right, sometimes you can guys tell. put on a really a, a yeah. really good show and they've got nothing. Their, their, yeah. their life is built on credit cards and yeah. uh, and it, it, they have all their money in their but, house and they have nothing saved or something But ultimately, like if your goal is to be in partnership or if your goal is to get married, whatever that looks like, then I think it's important at some point in the relationship, not the first date. On that one, I, I give you that one. <laughs> or the first phone call. I'll take that. <laughs> Is to talk about the economics of how would we work in a relationship. Sure. No, I because do. I think it's naive, and I think it's especially naive to assume that people, as they get older, are much more financially stable. Because the reality shows if, that... If, if they're divorced, it's going to wreak some sort of havoc. Exactly. 
And by the way, now here's another factor to consider. Men who have gone through divorce oftentimes are reluctant to go back into relationship. They're reluctant to merge their assets. They're reluctant to spend money. So that's another factor to consider when dating a divorced man. Mm -hmm. And by the way, women equally are as reluctant. I mean, I can't begin to tell you how many women even say, I don't want to get married. I don't want to merge my assets. I don't want to do anything. But two incomes usually works better than one. That's true. In the United States, when a demographic is less than $100,000. No, and that's something that's worth, that's worth repeating. I remember reading a statistic, uh, 65 or so percent of men who are divorced want to get remarried and like 46% of women want to get remarried. Okay. So women initiate two thirds of divorces yeah. and less than half of them want to go do it again where guys could get divorced, get cleaned out and still say, I'm going to okay. do that again. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's, it, it's, it's You know why? Because it makes sense to get married because you can pool resources together. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think I'm not saying that's their reason, but that is a good thing. No, but, but it is true. And we, we've, we, we work with similar women. And what I always say to women who are successful is if you have money, that's the one thing you don't need from your partner. Yes. I mean, that's, that's the wonderful luxury that men figured out years ago is if, if I have money, my wife, if, if my wife makes $30,000, it's $30,000 I didn't have yesterday. Yeah. Just, like, so it's, it's, it's I just got a raise. Yeah. Um, but women in general, my clients, my friends, tend to see men who make less money as a drain, where I never think of my wife as a drain on my resources. I yeah. think I could go to Bali by myself or I could pay for an extra plane ticket. Yeah. But, right, like, I don't think of that as uh, an expenditure. It's an investment in a person I yeah. love. If a woman has more money and she's like, if I want to go to Bali, I have to pay for him? Yeah. Right? It, that's the... Uh, no, you and I are in a, total a, agreement a really, with that. You're in total one of the really unique cultural double standards that works for women, where most things work for men. Yeah. Um, is the idea that a woman could have all the money in the world and still expect a man to make more yes. in every situation and pay in every situation, mm -hmm. almost regardless of his means. Yeah. And um, well, you and I share the exact. Um, we sh we share exactly the same. I, I think that. I just think I was just sort of an innate sense of, yeah. of fairness, and we you know it's it's not based on gender. It's based yeah. on if if anything, it's based on uh, on. You know, pro proportionality. Yeah. When, when I first married my wife, uh, we we had this nice apartment, and it was like four thousand dollars a month, and I made four times more than she did. So I put in four times more money each month. I didn't make yeah. her split half. That would have been wrong. Um, but you guys had a conversation. You talked about this at some point, and I think it's important to recognize and really attack because when you think about divorce, and she was divorced, and she was forty grand in debt when I met okay, her because so, of her divorce. But if you and, look at the divorce statistics, fifty the reasons for divorce, I think fifty percent of the time cite money or their their how they view money or value money as their reason for divorce. So knowing that going in, you should know that going in before a date. That is part of a. A relationship is the economics. No, I think everybody's very conscious of it. I think that the hard part, almost like everything else we're talking is, yeah. when do we figure these things out? Um, it would be weird to talk about money very early in your relationship until you're probably like in love and really talking about a future. Mm -hmm. it, you know, apart from the the day to day, who's going to pay for dinner and who's going to pay for the weekend trip and how do we, we work yeah. that? Um, until you're really talking about merging lives, it'd be weird to talk about money, don't you think? See, this is where I disagree. Have an honest conversation with someone. Talk about your feelings. You know, here's the thing. If we avoid talking about what's important to you, 
because we're waiting to be in love only to find out someone views it totally differently, then you're going to have friction in your relationship. I'm an open proponent to talk about important things fairly early on. No, that one not on the first or second or third date, but fairly early on mm -hmm. to get a sense if it makes sense investing in this person. Got it. How would that conversation go? Well, I, you know, this is hard, Evan, because we're not in the dynamics of a relationship per se. We're going to role play. Okay. I mean, because because that's because again, I agree with you in concept. Okay. I just don't agree with you in practice. Okay. Th these are important things. Yeah. I'm just having trouble picturing that conversation with someone I've been dating for two okay. months. So, do you think we should have? Uh, do you believe in joint checking accounts? Do you uh, believe in private schools? Do you? Okay. Um, All right. So let's that, role that, play. Let's I mean, role I, play. I, I'm just trying to figure out. How do you have this conversation with someone that you really, you, you haven't gotten that deep yet and you're going to the very deep end of the pool when you're talking well, about emerging finances? All right, let me be clear on something. You're going to get a sense of where their economics is fairly early on in the relationship. Sure. You're going to get a sense of how someone manages their money mm -hmm. fairly early on in a relationship. If you feel misaligned with that person, fairly early on, if it feels uncomfortable the sure. way they operate within money and the way you operate yeah, around money, then pay attention to it. And you may want to bring it up. Okay. Or just break up. But if you, well, I'm not saying you, saying, you could break up. I am yeah. saying break up. But you're going to notice most of those things early on. I'm talking about having a consciousness around it. If you are eventually talking about a long-term serious relationship, you're even talking about moving in together, stuff like that, it's absolutely appropriate the to same, have that but, kind but of that's conversation. that's later. That's my point. Is this, that's a conversation for a year no, plus in. Did I not say that this is a conversation when you're in a relationship? Yeah, but there's a difference between we're moving in together and we're dating each other for two months. Well, and I'm saying it, 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 that conversation makes more sense when it's contextually appropriate, not mm -hmm. just because I should figure this out so I don't waste the next well, again, year. And I understand the, no, no, maybe, yeah, I, maybe I'm not being clear. You're paying attention to how you view money early on. Once you're formed into a relationship, once you call yourself boyfriend and girlfriend, sometime after that, it's okay to have that conversation. Okay, so, so six weeks in, you're my girlfriend, yeah. and I should talk about uh, joint Again, joint if bank you for, no, no, that's not what I said. That's not what I said. I should Talk feel about comfortable. You. I'm just no, being no. direct. No, no, I'm saying if you feel uncomfortable about how that person's economics, I'm saying is I'm not uncomfortable. I just want to know if we're, we're if our but values if you're are already, aligned. But if you're already going to notice that fairly early on, you know, I don't know how people spend things. My, my wife didn't tell me for nine months that she was forty grand in debt. Okay. Uh, maybe okay. I, I, I'm trying to figure out the best way to role play this one, and it's not that we easy. Don't to, we don't have to. We don't have to role play. But again, I, I think it's I'm a, thinking more of having a consciousness around it and paying attention I'm, to I'm whether or not you're in aligned I'm on it. values. But it bled into we should have a discussion about it as soon as you, as uh, if your boyfriend girlfriend you could discuss it at any point in time. And to me, again, it's very much like this. Other Let me thing, ask I you a question: Would you have run if Evans or excuse me if Bridget said she was forty thousand in debt? Um, possibly. Okay. Possibly. That's a, that's like to me. That's like now. I, Would the, you today? Right, I mean, if let's say if she, well, if she I know, accumulated debt saying, on my on my, like, <laughs> my money and put me forty grand. No, but I'm saying if someone. Well, but again, I, and then maybe that's not no, a good question. No, no. I mean, it, it's, yeah, but you might there's not a, have there's run. A, there's, a, there's a reason she didn't tell yeah. me, because she could tell from my behavior that I'm like crazy fiscal responsible. I've never paid a dollar of credit card debt. I get a bill. I pay so, it that uh, second. Yeah. So and me, so she got a sense. This guy's not going to be that receptive to it. Okay. But when I was in love with her, I was like, fuck. All right, we got to figure this one out. But if she told okay, me that up front, I, I'd be like, I think, what's wrong I with think you? If, I bet you anything, I'm gonna, and we can't go back in time, but if she sat, said to Evan, I really care about you. You're really important to me, and there's something about me that I want you to know. 
and I've accumulated some debt since the time I met you. No, and I'm working on creating. Oh, excuse before. me, since the time before I met you, I meant to say. And I'm working on reducing that debt. I think if she said it in a loving, passionate way, I doubt you would have dismissed her. Five weeks in, absolutely would have dismissed her. Is that when your relationship started? Three weeks in, but yeah. Okay, but somewhere, but let's say it was two months, three months down the road. Well, yeah, maybe she didn't have to wait for nine months, but okay. she had to wait till I had feelings for her. It's, okay. she, it's not something she could have told me really early on, just like the person who is, mm -hmm. the, who is the recovering drug addict. Mm -hmm. It's relevant inf information. Just so you know, I'm an addict. Yeah. It's a constant battle for me, but I've been clean for two years. Great, you just scared me off. Yeah. But if you told me a little bit later, I might have been receptive. And that's, that's someone who has herpes. That's someone who has uh, you know, checkered past with their exes. That's someone who was a stripper. That's like, you just don't have to dump all your shit on someone right away. Um, because people could re receive it more when, they ha when they're more emotionally invested. And I think that's my only point, okay. is people who, are, who really are in love can take a lot more and are gonna be a lot less judgmental mm -hmm. than I'm a total stranger. Well, that's Here's actually a good one, talking about an STD. That's a big deal. I think that's something you should bring up front. I would br bring it up only when it's relevant. I would not <laughs> well, I'm bring no, it up no, over Caesar's salad. No, but you're going to bring it up before you have sex. I'm going usually... to bring it up in the bedroom before I reach for the condom. You're going to bring that up. Yep. I totally disagree with that. That's actually shameful. I'm sure. Shameful. I shameful. think totally it is to wait till you're actually in bed with someone to tell them that. I'm, I'm going to say before we do anything, this is okay. something that you should know. Oh, okay. So, I thought you said in the bedroom. <laughs> I, I'm saying in the bedroom. I am, I'm saying before we do this, okay. right, there's something that I need to tell you. And I, I've written about it on my blog. It's a 20-second It's a twenty second speech. If you make a big deal about it, Jonathan, sit down. I have something to tell you. No, I'm not suggesting you bring it up that way. But no, see, now that's where I disagree with you on that one. I think that's a, that's a conversation you have with someone in a very calm environment. You don't do that in the bedroom. Okay, we disagree. Okay. <laughs> we, like, I, I, think you talk about, I think you talk about things when they make sense contextually. Okay. You don't just bring shit up out of the blue and expect everybody to If be a cool woman did that to me right before we are making love, that would put me in a very awkward position. It would mean you and, might stop and say, I yeah. have to think about it right now. Yeah. I think it would be weird to be like, over dinner, I've got something to tell you, right? There's no, there's no context for it. You could do it, but yeah. we see this all the time in relationships where she says, we need to talk, right? We need to talk is never a good... A good a but good... it's how you bring up the conversation is how, that's more important than the conversation itself half the time. I, I agree. And so I, the, the, the place where we disagree is that mm -hmm. I believe in having more context organically for mm -hmm. a conversation to arise mm -hmm. than to just bring something up out of the blue because it's on your mind and you mm -hmm. need to to get it off your mind. Um, I'm thinking about this, I'm afraid, I need to say this. Um, and that's what people do. I, like, and, and women here can vouch for guys who dump their shit on you on the first date. Just so you know, here's my problems, right? And it doesn't, it, it doesn't make anybody feel uh, warmer to you. Just, you're, you're just saying, here's my damage. Instead, you know, it'd be like going on a job interview and saying, here's my flaws. <laughs> Here's my flaws. Here's why you, know, you might not want to hire me. But here's the reality in life: is we're all flawed. You're right. But, flawed. But, but everybody, the, the <laughs> rules of dating are you 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 don't lead with your flaws. People discover your flaws and they love you in spite of them. It's just the order. I, I would never lead it's with interesting. my flaws. interesting. Well, I'm not suggesting lead with your flaws, but I'm not also, I don't think you should be scared of your flaws and hold back. I certainly think nine months holding back was probably I, a little too long. I, I agree. I have an anxiety problem. Yeah. That's not first date material. Yeah. It's just not. It's just like. You know, it's, it's funny. I actually, it's, uh, so I actually lead with one of my problems in dating. 
I have a huge issue with impatience when it comes to when I'm at a restaurant. I tell women right up front, I just want you to know something about me. I actually diffuse the red flag because I know it's something about myself, is I can't stand waiting for a waiter. It just okay. drives me nuts. My skin <coughs> begins to start to like curl up, if you will. Okay. I tell a woman that. Okay, I diffuse it by sharing she a would little have seen bit. It, she would have seen it eventually. Exactly. <laughs> so you're going to see it eventually. Why not share a little bit of your flaws? And clever. actually it humanizes you and it makes you seem more real. Because oftentimes in the relationship process, it's all romance. It's all cover. No, I, think and then, you, I think you need to be able to laugh at yourself and make fun of yourself. Yeah. That's different than leading with, here's the reasons that you might not want to date me. I'm best friends <laughs> with my girlfriend. Just so you know, before we go any further. Yeah. I would never, ever lead with it. It's a fact of your life that she will discover, right? And the more she has invested in you, the more she'll be able to say, oh, this is healthy, this is good, instead of, here's my thing, deal with it. Mm -hmm. You're not asking for dating coaching, but if I were to give dating coaching, that's... I know you disagree first, with that That's one. the first thing I would tell you. See, but I'm looking for that grown-up that's not going to even have a problem with it. This is not a matter of being grown-up. <laughs> this is... We're, we're talking about but humans. But this is for me. That one personal to me. I'm, I'm saying this is, this, is, this is human. This is the yeah. way people process information. Yeah. You're more likely to accept something from someone that you know dearly mm -hmm. than from a stranger. That's, that's not, that's not a, a grown-up thing. That's a human thing. Some stranger tells you uh, he was institutionalized and put in a you know put in inpatient care for six months. You're like, okay, crazy guy, right? Your your girlfriend tells you she mm -hmm. had that. Oh, sweetie, my God, that must have been awful. Mm -hmm. We treat people differently, whether we like it or not. We do, and so to deny that and just say all but, things are okay, equal. See, but here's okay. I'm gonna give my argument. Oftentimes, when we wait too long to reveal ourselves, you've already become vested, and then you find out it is a deal breaker for you. Now your heart gets broken. Don't be. You can't be afraid of that. Like you're gonna break the deal before it even gets off the ground. If you no, you're qualifying your prospect better. <laughs> and I think one of the things you you're a huge proponent is qualifying your prospect much better. I'm using not the not at prospect. the beginning. Mine is you have a big funnel. You let people into your funnel. You don't yeah. overly discriminate. You, you, could, he, could, he, could he email you? Could he talk on the phone? Does he show up on time for the yeah. date? Does he treat you right? Does he follow up? We, we keep a lot of people in, and they eliminate themselves by being weird, flaky, perverted, mm -hmm. insecure. They eliminate themselves by email and phone and first date. But we are not trying to figure out the future See, at all. I it's literally the 100% opposite of what okay. I'm talking about. You are not yeah. focused on the future. You're focused on having a good time in the present. Yeah. If you have a good time in the present, there might be a future. But if you focus on the future, he's not going to have a good time. No, I'm focused. See, this is, I'm not talking about focus on the future. I'm talking about being real, being vulnerable, and sharing truths about yourself. Certainly, there is a timing to do that. You don't want to do it all in the first second of a conversation. But I do believe there's a benefit to it. And I do believe that strongly. So I'm going to say that to all of you. All right. <laughs> Great. <laughs> My name is Evan Marcatz. This is Jonathan Asley, and we're on the Love You podcast. We will be right back with our final segment. Hey, this is Evan Marcatz, dating coach for smart, strong, successful women, your personal trainer for love. We're back uh, with the Love You podcast with my friend Jonathan Astley. We're normally we're going out to lunch after this. We're normally not this contentious um, because we pretty much agree on everything except apparently lunch. Um, but I want to focus on his area of expertise, which is uh, divorce. Not that he's been divorced six times, but he's he's an expert in leading people through divorce because he's been divorced himself. Um, and a lot of people think of divorce as some sort of negative. Obviously, it has negative uh, effects yeah. on your life, 
but divorce is usually to me it's a good thing. I'm yeah. I'm glad my wife divorced her first husband. She yeah. it was not a good marriage. So uh, how do we if 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 I'm we're giving advice to women yeah. and they see divorce as damage because we talked about all the problems that could come from divorce. Yeah. What are the benefits of dating a guy who's been divorced? What does he bring to the table that perhaps another guy doesn't bring to the table? Well, I think it's interesting because within my age demographic, if you've seen, a lot of times I've talked to women say, I don't want to date a man who's never been married because that might be a sign he might not ever get married. So, and certainly as men get older, I'd say past 50, if they've never been married, that's usually a sign they're set in their ways. I mean, I'm not saying it's nine out of 10 times, but from but, what I've seen yeah. pretty consistently, it's in that 40 to 50 bracket where it could be a little bit, you know, if a guy's never been married, he might <coughs> be open to it. And I think your clients are much like mine. They'd like to have partnership or marriage at some point. So what a divorce man brings to the table is he's done it. He's made the commitment. He went through the process. And I think you were saying before the statistics about how many people get remarried. Um, on the success of remarriage. I mean, I'm not I talking about success uh, of remarriage, but, but yes, the percentage. Um, more, no, more men are, are yeah. when polled, more men are willing to get, get remarried, remarried than women. Yeah. So that's the benefit of someone who's gone through a divorce is he's more apt. Plus, hopefully he has better, hopefully, he's got good relationship skills if he's had a good marriage or at least a marriage where they had... Um, you know, they work through a lot of different problems and their issues versus that guy who's never been married or never had a long-term relationship. Sure. He brings to the table, hopefully, some wisdom. Mm -hmm. And hopefully he brings to the table a sense of where he wants to go in his life. Whereas, again, people tend to get rigid if they've been doing the same thing for a long period of time. You also have a void. Like, if you don't have a partner in your life, you have to fill your life up with stuff. Yeah. It could be work or travel or friends or hobbies, but yeah. you build up this big, rich life. There's almost no room for... A guy in it sometimes. I'm sure you've experienced that. <laughs> well, actually, our clients do that all the time. Well, they create a life that's so full they don't have room for a relationship. Well, because you're a single guy, I'm, yeah. I was going to just ask you, have you experienced oh, that? Oh, my you date These women who are like, yeah, I like you, but I can't see you for the next three weeks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know it's so ironic because you and I both work in the online dating world where a, a profile is riddled with all of the reasons why they don't have time to date you. <laughs> I'm literally, they put a laundry list of what, why they don't have time to go out on a date. That's not the way they see it, though. <laughs> they see it. These are assets. The yeah. fact that I speak French and have a home in the, the, the Swiss <laughs> Alps is, is an asset. Yeah, and I'm a divorced man going, look, I'm putting a kid through college. And I love the one where it says, all my fun places, parents. Paris, you know, Italy, this and that. And I'm like, how am I going to afford those places? Uh, my, my, fun, my fun place is Chuck E. Cheese uh, right now. Um, <laughs> Mine's the Strand at the beach, yes. you know, and it's, it doesn't cost much to be there. Exactly. So um, yeah, I want to talk about something I didn't say earlier, sure. but I think you might find this interesting. So remember I told you I did an informal uh, yeah, view match. on Match.com to see what survey. The, the number of men who are online, what I think was almost a, a good 15 to 20% greater than the amount of women that were online. I sampled a variety of different areas, and there were more men online than women. Um, well, that's A, that's usually not news. Um, B, if you ask Match.com, those statistics are publishable, and, and uh, I, you know, it's... it's I don't think the numbers are as high if you ask matching and I, I'm not. No, sure. I just did a, but why I'm bringing that up is so many There's people a lot are of reluctant to go to online dating. You and I get so frustrated when people say online dating, you know, is so frustrating and painful and I don't want to do it, but it's the greatest place to meet people I don't want, these I don't, days. I don't, want to, I don't want to take your spotlight with my, <laughs> my online dating thoughts, but, okay. I, but, I, but I very very much agree. Yeah. Uh, people have, have tried online dating, failed at it, and yeah. so they're convinced that online dating, dating itself, doesn't work. I, the, the medium is the problem. 
as opposed to the way they're using the media. So I want I do something every time we were both on Facebook, and every time I see a post saying I'm in a relationship or I just got married or got engaged, mm -hmm. and my first first thing I say is congratulations. Then I say, just curious, where did you two meet? Hmm. Fifty percent of the time, it's online. When I got married and my the listing was in the New York Times. Yeah. Um, and the guy found out what I did for a living. It was part of the, the, the story. Yeah. Um, he said to me that similar numbers, like I got to say 50% of the people who uh, we do these New York Times you know, weddings announcements yeah. on Sundays are, are also. Uh, the official numbers are one third of all people meet online. 20% um, of those are from online dating sites. But I'm going to tell you for the over 45 category, it's much greater to 50 to 60%. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. Makes perfect sense because your friends are married, yeah. um, you work in a small office where you can't really hit on your employees, yeah. uh, I mean, uh, where are you meeting people? Yeah. Um, so, so yes, uh, this is a really important skill set to have if you're yeah. divorced. Um, what do you, rec like, if, if you're going to say, um, we're talking to divorced women and they're yeah. dating divorced men as, as, yeah. as a population, you know, where, where, where does one begin? <laughs> Uh, because there's so much information out there, yeah. and it's so challenging, and people are looking for a, a, a helping hand and guidance because it, well, it, it could be paralyzing. No, but you and I both agree. You know, having a quality profile makes a huge difference. You know, whether it's the are we talking about online dating? I was I was okay. really actually talking in general. It's oh, okay. sort of teeing you up to. to no, I was going to say that I th I think um, and because we both agree on this, having a quality online dating profile, whether it's good quality photographs of yourself. You know, none of these you know, long shots of the Eiffel Tower in the background sure. or the plate of sushi you just ate or mm -hmm. the underwater scuba shot that nobody can see what you look like, but having crisp quality photographs. Certainly having a really nice essay written um, certainly makes a big difference. Having a sense of humor in your essay, pointing out things that you like. Filling out the questionnaire. Do you know what drives me nuts? Is everyone says, I'll tell you later, I'll tell you later, I'll tell you later. I'm like, fill that. See, it goes back to why I do believe you fill everything out. Because it's a, because because every we do have certain criteria. Every empty box is an opportunity to shine, is the way I see it. Why leave it out? If you if there's something to say that could yeah. hook someone, why leave it out? Exactly. So um, but but now here's the hard part for most women. You're gonna be dealing with men who have bad profiles because they don't come to people like you and I sure. for advice. So yes, it's you have to be a snob. <laughs> but you have to give men a, a, the benefit of the doubt. Yes. You know, the guy who's holding up the fish or you know standing in front of his Porsche with his shirt off, you know, he's doing the best he can. So we have to have a little bit of compassion for the other person at the other end of the screen. I agree. Um, and I think if you approach dating like that as a as an, a wonderful adventure with curiosity as we talked about before and enthusiasm I hate this. I know. It These drives guys me are nuts. the worst. Yeah. No, but but um, it's important for people like us and yeah. to put ourselves in the shoes of our of our clients. Yeah. If you're a woman you've dated online, you've seen the worst of the worst of the worst. Yeah. I mean, that, can I, that, that's can something I, that needs to be acknowledged. Well, can, no, can we say that a little differently? Because whenever we judge another person, like every time I get this you know, comment, oh my God, I can't believe that guy emailed me. What was he oh, thinking so beneath me? That's was, different. Okay, because that I so no. can't stand. I'm with you. Every okay. guy has the right. He paid his 30 bucks a month. <laughs> he has the right to say hi, even if yeah. he's from a different state uh, and you're not attractive. Yeah. He's paying for that privilege. Don't okay. get angry. Don't get angry because he. Okay, good. We agree. I'm talking on that. about the guys who cyberstalk them, who oh. insult them, who write sexual things to them, who bully them. No, that's when... called delete report. Delete report. I, I, I get it, but if you're a woman, you've been exposed to oh. abusive behavior in a way that men are generally not exposed to. Yeah. If you're a guy, you yeah. know, you're, you know, she'll disappear on you yeah. and find someone better. And yeah. 
but but you don't get you don't get harassed and abused. No. And and objectified. Mo and yeah. most w most women have, and it's 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 part of doing business, and that's no. why people say I don't want to do it anymore. I say you know, you know as you said. Build up a thicker skin. Don't let it get to you. Focus on the you know the ten percent of the guys who are the good ones, and, yes, and yes. not the ninety percent who aren't. But it's important to acknowledge there is a ninety percent where you're like, seriously, dude. Yeah. Right. Not I'm angry that you dare write to me because you're beneath me, but yeah. seriously. No, we're in a full agreement on that. So, um, but and try to have fun with it. You know, if you're going to be out dating and you're not doing it with fun and enthusiasm, it's gonna show at the other end. You if know? you've ever gone out with a guy who hated dating or hated women, it didn't take long for that to reveal itself. Yeah, so don't go into the process doing the same thing. So I know this doesn't relate to divorce, but I think it's hugely important to recognize no, that whether you're divorced yeah. or, or, or never been married or widowed or currently separated is Date with enthusiasm. Date with passion. Go out because with 300, 600 people. No, you don't total. want to do that. <laughs> do as I say, not as I did. Don't go out with 300 people. We're helping. Actually, our goal is We're to help to short, limit it. Yeah, shorten the learning that. curve. Exactly. Right? If you listen, then yeah. you you know you could avoid the mistakes that we've routinely made. Exactly. So. Um, is there any final advice that you want to leave our our listeners and ladies with? You know, I think. And this is personal advice I say to both my friends and the people I work with is start with compassion for yourself. I think when we're out there looking for love, I'm going to speak directly to the camera if that's okay. When you're out I'm there looking for love, you know, have compassion for yourself because it is, it can be daunting. It can be frustrating. It can be difficult to be at midlife and looking for love again. So start with a bit of compassion for yourself and have compassion for others because people are doing the best they can. I swear to you, most men out there are good guys. They're just bad daters. Um, and so when we give them a benefit of the doubt, I think it will pay dividends in the long run. So I know that seems kind of simple advice, but it's I think not. so often it is not being used. So compassion for yourself and compassion for others. I like it, I like it. How can people find you? Um, I don't know if you're going to have a link or someone here, but you uh, can we, find could, we could put a, we could put a link under the YouTube <laughs> okay. video. But, um, but you can go it's a podcast, to podcast, so talk. Okay, JonathanAsley.com, uh, um, and you can find me there. I give away a great free gift called the Five Qualities a Man Seeks in a Soulmate. So this is an audio that I put together, but it really is what men are looking for in a relationship. And when you tap into this, it's going to be so much easier to recognize the guys who are ready versus the ones who are not. Can't argue with that. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. What do you want to have for lunch? <laughs> I want to say one thing to your audience. Okay. Can I say this? This man is an amazing coach. I truly want to say that to everyone that's watching this. His advice is brilliant. I follow your blog all the time. I love reading it. He's probably one of the most amazing writers out there. You are the pioneer for all of us that are out there. And I'm a person that looks to you. And while we can agree to disagree, I will tell you, you are a brilliant coach, and I mean that from all my heart. I, uh, I'll just say thank you instead <laughs> of ruining a nice moment. Thank you, my friend. <laughs> my pleasure. I appreciate it. My name is Evan Mark Katz. I'm a dating coach for Smart, Strong, Successful Women. This is the Love You Podcast. Uh, thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed, uh, subscribe to the podcast either on YouTube or on iTunes. Uh, follow me on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter. And most importantly, don't forget to get your free gift um, by going to www.evanmarkkatz.com forward slash free dash trial. And you can get two weeks free in Love You on Confidence, um, how to get over the guy in your past, 
how to feel good about yourself, how to feel good about dating and turn the glass half empty into a glass half full, and how to start attracting good men into your life. I'm really excited. And it is absolutely free. Two weeks of videos, just me talking to you, walking you through this process of uh, getting back on in the saddle and being optimistic about dating again. So I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you for joining me. I'd like to thank my very special guest, Jonathan Aslight, and we will be back next week. Thank you.